Thank you for joining the Driven by DC Cap podcast. This is our last episode. So what we thought we will do is just tell the story of the Driven by DC Cap podcast. So we have been doing this podcast for a while. So we thought, okay, let's just start a new season, meet with guests. And the idea of the podcast is to be driven. How can we be driven? And that's something all of us like. So we said, okay, let's just start reaching out to guests and see if they would be interested. And well begun is half done. So we just got really, really lucky. So we reached out to Lisa Pope, uh, the president of Epicor, and we were very lucky and also fortunate to have her as a guest. So and then she agreed and then we set up the conversation and then things followed. So that was uh, very interesting. That's how it all got started in a way. But sometimes, you know, doing podcasting can be time consuming. And you also have this question, hey, should you do a podcast or not? But then there's definitely a lot of learning for all of us and even for me personally, because when you interview these guests, these are really accomplished people in different industries. You learn a lot. So that's been a joy for me doing this podcast and hosting this. I feel like I learned a lot interacting with guests and I also had an opportunity to meet some of them in person. So that was great. The next guest we had on our show was Kevin Kalish with Sunrise Electric, our vice president there. He's one of our customers, so it was a little more easier for us to get Kevin. And it was great chatting with Kevin and also learning about his experience working with DCCAP. And as you know, once you have some really big names on your show, it becomes a little more easier to reach out to other people and bring them on to the podcast. That's exactly what we did. Since DCCAP serves the distribution community, we thought we will reach out to NAED which is the National Association of Electrical Distributors. So we got lucky to get NAED. We had Ed Orlett, who's the interim CEO of NAED then. And uh, we also had Satya Sanivarapu, who's the technology director there. So we had them on our show. So once we had NAED, we thought, okay, let's reach out to NAW, which is the National Association of Wholesale Distribution. So we were lucky to get Eric Hoplin, it was awesome chatting with him from Washington, D.C. So that was great. And we also were very lucky to have Brent Bellum, the CEO of BigCommerce, on our show. The past relationships really helped bringing these guests into the Driven by DC Cap uh, podcast. After we got Brent, we reached out to Roy Rubin, who's also a great friend, the co-founder of Magento. I happened to travel to L.A. and I met with Roy in person. And then... After we interviewed Roy, we thought, okay, let's also have Mark Level, who was the CEO of Magento and now who runs Deep Lake Capital, who sold Magento to Adobe Commerce for over a billion dollars. We had Mark Level on our show. Mark's a great friend and learned a lot working with Mark or working together with Mark. And it was great to have him on the Driven by DC Cap podcast. And he was kind enough to share his learnings. And then as our last guest, we also had Dirk Beverage, the founder of Unleash WD, who does the We Supply America tour. He takes his RV and travels around America. It was awesome to have Dirk on our show as well. We were lucky to get Lisa Pope as our first guest. One thing which I really enjoyed chatting with Lisa is how she kept progressing in her career. Her career journey was very inspiring. And also her advice to women, women in the workforce and the work she does for women in the industry in the distribution industry, in the tech industry. That was very inspiring. And she's somebody 
everybody can look up to in terms of how to keep progressing. You know, obviously, when you are working for different companies or when you work for a company, you're going to hit roadblocks. But then how do you navigate those roadblocks and how do you keep progressing in your career? I thought that was very interesting chatting with Lisa. I think it does start with content, right? So be seen as a subject matter expert, an industry expert, have that as your core and your backdrop because um, because that does get noticed. I mean, in, in my company, we always say, who would you have in your lifeboat, right? And for me, it's going to be people that have that deep, deep capability in product. So I think, uh, or industry, depending on, you know, your background. So I think that that's number one is make sure that that doesn't somehow not become important. Second thing is, is clearly network. And, and to me, that's internally and externally. So internally, cross-functionally, I would say, if I look back at my career, a number of the promotions I got were put in front of a group of people that weren't in my chain. So people from services or finance or other areas of the company, and they said, what do you guys think about Lisa? Do you think she's ready for the next level? And if that feedback isn't positive, Yes, she's very collaborative. She's, you know, she's punctual. She, everything that we need done, she gets done on a timely basis. Customers love her, right? That feedback trickles back. And I think more companies use that today. I know in our company now to get promoted to a vice president, our executive team does review those candidates. And we feel that's important because um, that, that is a, a position in the company that is going to be speaking externally and being involved with customers. And we want to make sure that that there is that cross-functional alignment. So don't ignore, I mean, really focus on those collaborative relationships and make sure that you're not treating your, your pre-sales or services people and if you're in software differently um, or if you're inside the company, same kind of thing, making sure that you've got a very good internal network. And then I, you know, clearly external matters as well. And, and not because, you know, not, not the LinkedIn type of network where, you know, how many connections do you have, but, you know, getting involved locally with business or with an industry association, you know, I encourage our sales reps to do that. So they're involved with whatever industry they're selling into, but that network can also help mentor you. So, you know, that would be the next piece of the, the three would be finding a mentor that can sort of help guide your career as you're making changes. Um, they can help you decide how to get more visible and how to sort of stay more visible. And then finally, don't be afraid to, you know, volunteer for maybe something outside of your wheelhouse a little bit. Sometimes in a company, there'll be an opportunity to step up into something uh, as a learning experience. Uh, I always found that to be very helpful in terms of being considered for the next level again, because you get that opportunity you know, to get out of your maybe wheelhouse and, and get some more cross-functional background. And then ultimately, you know, performance does matter. So you've got to still execute on your role, um, you know, perform at a high level. Um, but I think just performing at a high level doesn't get, doesn't get you there nowadays, right? It is really about having that whole ability and, you know, that, that package, if you will, cross-functionally and, and being able to lead. I also had a great time interviewing Kevin Kalish, one of our valued customers with Sunrise Electric. He was talking through his career progression and he was in real estate. He talked about the 2008-2009 financial crisis and the real estate did take a big hit. And that's around the time period he shifted gears a little bit 
and got into distribution. I thought that was interesting because oftentimes in life, change always happens. And change is the only thing that is constant. We have shared this multiple times again. And uh, when situations are not going your way and when the times are not good, you've got to take another direction and try something different. And I thought how Kevin shifted gears from real estate and onto distribution was very interesting. My uncles owned a electrical contracting business. So they were kind enough to share me some office space. And when my business started to you know, fiddle away because of what was going on in the markets, you know, with the 08, 09 real estate crash, they walked in one day and said, we have this estimating software and do you want to try this? And so that's, that's how I got into the electrical contracting business. It was great to interview Ed Orlett and Satya Sanivarapu with NAED. Talking to Ed was fascinating because he talked a lot about history when I asked him, hey, what's the book you're reading? He went through uh, historical books, which he's been reading and how history is very fascinating. I thought that was pretty cool. And it was also great to learn from Ed the role of NAED and how different distributors, even though they compete with each other, how they're able to be a part of the same association and contribute to each other's growth. That was very interesting. And talking to Satya, who's a technologist, he brought in a great point where it's not just about the technology you buy, but it's about the technology adoption. I thought that was great. Great thing about NAED is almost all of the industry leaders are there at our events and within our membership. And, uh, and that's, I think that's the, we, we have the heft of the industry, but we do also want the breadth of the industry as well. If I may just add um, one more aspect. So as, I, as I'm looking at it, as I look at the distribution industry, there is a need and a want, as I mentioned before, to digitize. And while they compete with each other, they do realize that this is more of a journey to go along with only because it's digital is new for everybody. And uh, um, from that standpoint, one company's learnings could uh, be very beneficial for another. Learned a lot from all these guests. But then uh, one thing which I found fascinating was my interview with Brent Bellum. Uh, I met them at BigCommerce headquarters in Austin, Texas. Brent was very welcoming. Again, we have met before. We had a relationship, so it was easier for us to reach out to Brand. He's a CEO of a public company, so that was special. It was great to learn from Brand running a public company or what does it take to go public. That was uh, very interesting. But one thing I did find very fascinating chatting with Brand. Sometimes you have preconceived perceptions of people and it may not always be right. Brent's a very smart guy. He has a bachelor's from Stanford, master's from Harvard. My question to him was, Brent, you should have been a very smart kid growing up. And I thought he had really rich parents because obviously to go to Stanford and Harvard, you got to be rich or at least it takes a lot of money. But then I was really surprised with his humble beginnings on where he started middle of nowhere in Southern Illinois. Father was in farming. Mother was an elementary school teacher. Neighbors looked down on him, but then kids can react to it in multiple different ways. He reacted to it by working hard. I thought that was very interesting and it was also very inspiring. Seeing my mom struggle, seeing us struggle as a family, you know, sort of lit a spark in me. I can think back to when I was five or six. I was always a, a curious kid. But I also needed to create my own sense of 
being worth something. I didn't get that from the community I was living in. You know, relatives aren't around, uh, the neighbors look down on us, and kids react to that type of situation in a variety of ways. I reacted to it by working hard and saying, well, at least in school, here's a place where I can do well and, you know, get my math assignment done first. I cared more about getting done first than I did getting everything <laughs> right, but if I could get everything right too, then that was, that was a bonus. And, you know, so I, I just worked hard in school in the broader family. My mom, again, she's an elementary school teacher, so I got some affirmation from her that that's good, but certainly no pushing. And broader family back home in Illinois let me know they were proud of me when I did well in school. And by the time I got to middle school, I was then kind of old and mature enough to realize that there was a way out. Like I wasn't stuck going to a local college, even if that's what everybody in my kind of high school did. Like my high school was a big, but lower middle-class high school. And I think in my graduating class, only three people went to college outside of the state, wow. including myself. So nobody else went outside the state and there was nobody in the college or in my family saying to me, hey, you should aspire to something big. It was certainly the polar opposite of a school that would feed people into elite out-of-state colleges. But when I started looking at, I, all I knew is I didn't want to go to, I wanted to get out. I wanted to get away, right? I wanted to move out of state. And when I started doing my own research in the colleges, then the whole world's I'm going out of state, I don't know where, I can go anywhere. Eric Hoplin was very interesting as well, the CEO of NAW. Again, he's based in Washington, DC. He travels a lot. He was kind enough to give us time. We had a great chat. One thing I found very interesting during the interview is I asked him about lobbying. Hey, what is lobbying and how do you lobby? And that was my question to Eric and he laughed. But then uh, the answer he gave was, very interesting and it was good learning for me because sometimes when you think about lobbying, you might look at it as not a great word or you might look at it as something which is not a good thing to do. But then Eric had a great perspective with respect to lobbying. He said, hey, lobbying is also about educating the people in power, educating the people who are making decisions because they may not know everything about the distribution industry and they might pass a law which really affects the distribution industry because they just don't know about it. So it's about education. So he was able to tie lobbying with education. And I thought that was very interesting. Some people think about lobbying as you know these you know, terrible people and DC is the swamp and all of that. But think about if, if you're a member of Congress and, and I think about my, my home member of Congress from uh, rural Minnesota, her name is uh, Michelle Fishbach. Uh, you know, she represents roughly a third of the geographic size of Minnesota uh, and uh, you know, lots of small towns like the one I came from, population uh, 7,000. Uh, and uh, and she's got to know everything about the businesses in that huge district. She's got to understand what what's happening with uh, with farming because farming is a, is a big issue. She's got to understand global issues and trade. There's a thousand issues that her constituents care about and that matter to the country. And no one person can be an expert in all of those things. Uh, and so the key to being good at lobbying uh, is really to be good at education. Uh, because at the end of the day, if uh, a member of Congress doesn't know what distributors do, uh, doesn't know how maybe the, the rules they're, they're putting in place might impact those distributors and therefore might impact those employees and therefore might, might impact the broader economy. If they, if they don't know, 
uh, you know, they're, they're going to do uh, do things that, uh, that could potentially actually be harmful when they think they're doing good. And so really the, the role of lobbying is, uh, is spending time getting to know people and educating them on, on the things that matter matter most for, for our industry, our economy, and our employees, and, and, and our customers. Uh, so NAW is, uh, is the voice of, uh, of the wholesale distribution industry uh, in, in Washington. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's uh, been many times uh, where some issues have come up that were going to have a dramatic impact uh, on uh, on our industry. You know, I think about one is there was a, a bill uh, last uh, about a year and a half ago called the Build Back Better bill. Uh, and, and when it was first written, it was a seven trillion dollar remaking of the American economy. And and, and as part of that, there was, we were going to see massive tax increases on all distributors, on all of their customers, on all of their suppliers. And it was going to have an enormous uh, financial impact uh, on, on the economy. Uh, and uh, so we went to work uh, to start educating lawmakers about, about those impacts. In fact, we brought uh, CEOs from distribution companies in Wisconsin, uh, for example, out to Washington, D.C., met with lawmakers, talked about how uh, these massive tax increases would impact their business and the economy. Uh, and lawmakers ultimately listened. And the, you know, we had initially defeated the bill, went from $7 trillion down to zero. I think they ended up passing uh, something uh, uh, you know, under a billion, uh, which you know, is still a lot of money, but it didn't uh, contain the massive tax increases our members were facing. And so we, we, we called that a win. Uh, so that's an, an example of the sort of things that we help uh, shield our, our members from. So Roy Rubin, uh, co-founder of Magento, we were lucky to have him on the Driven by DC Cab podcast as well. So I reached out to Roy, told him, hey, I'm going to be in the LA area. Would you mind if we meet again and do a recording for Driven? And he readily agreed. And it was a fascinating conversation. It's always nice to do this in person with the guests. I didn't have a place to go to in LA or do the recording. So we just rented a temporary office space close to where Roy was living. And then we did the recording there. I thought that was uh, pretty cool. And Roy talked about how he traveled. He took a break after he sold Magento. He took a break for like a year, year and a half. He traveled with his family. He didn't really know where he was going. He just took his wife, kids. They just traveled the world. They stayed in one country for a few weeks, another country for a month. They just kept traveling the world. And he encouraged all of us to do that. I thought that was very interesting. You know, life-changing for, for us as a family. Um, I had no agenda. I had no calls. I had nothing, which was what I wanted. I wanted nothing. I wanted quiet and peace and, and to just spend every minute of my day with the kids. And yeah, and it was a lot of fun. And, you know, we, we discovered new places together and we, we you know, we uh, bonded. And, you know, in, in hindsight, it was the best decision we ever made. And I highly encourage people <laughs> to do that. Take the, I don't know, 14 months, but take some time away from the day to day if you can to you know to do this with the family because it's it's a it's a real bonding and uniting opportunity that is rare and and i feel fortunate to have had this time in life to do that mark level the former ceo of magento sold magento to adobe for over a billion dollars and now who runs deep lake capital and who's also the ceo of margo mark's a great friend i've really learned a lot in my many interactions with him and it was awesome to have mark on the driven podcast there were a lot of learnings, especially Mark's leadership, leading from the front. Mark's always traveling. He's on the road and how he built a team, how he's able to empathize with the team, how he built a great culture. All that was very interesting, chatting with Mark and learning from him. And that's what a leader does, project that passion for a strategy that assembles people that can do what I think a lot of people kind of 
start with incorrectly, which is execution. Well, this is what we're going to go do. This is how we're going to go do it. That's hard and that's important. And there, But you can waste a whole lot of time and money starting there unless you understand what you're going to do, why you want to do it, and who you're going to do it with. And so well, that's where we spend a lot of time as leaders, I think, is the, the good ones, is thinking about why are we doing this? Why does it matter? And who are the people we need around us to make it happen? And our last guest on the show was Doug Beveridge, the founder of Unleash WD and who also runs Resupply America. Doug's journey is very inspiring. He takes his RV, travels around the US, meets with distributors. He calls it the force for good. It was very inspiring chatting with Dirk because you get to learn a lot of things. I thought Dirk's always camera ready. And I asked him this question, hey, how do you be camera ready all the time? Because we wanted to learn from Dirk. We also do this podcast, how do you be camera ready? And Dirk responded, hey, it's not about being camera ready. Just be yourself. And that was a big learning for me. And Dirk also talked about failures. I asked Dirk, hey, how are you such a great public speaker? And he talked about his failures early on in life and how that helped him become the great public speaker he is today. I remember the first two-day sales training program that I, not my father, that I was hired to do out in... Atlantic City, New Jersey, with a large, what's become a national moving organization. And Karthik, I won't tell you the whole story, but I'll bring you to 10.30 a.m. on day two, when I was fired from the stage. My client came up to me and said, Dirk, we'll take it from here. Pack up your bags, pack up your computer. I'll take it from here. So no, I was literally fired from the stage years ago. So the answer is, um, the answer is, no, I have not always been talented on the stage. I think I still have a long way to go in terms of, but I think what it comes down to, what it, it, um, I'll, I'll tell you this, you know, years ago, Karthik, I, I thought about taking acting lessons so that I could tell stories great from the stage, right? You, you know, I, I used to get books on jokes so I could pull jokes out and, and insert them into the presentation. And and, and I say you need two or three things. Number one, you have to be passionate about the topic. Karthik, we've got great stuff on sales. And I still, I still do. You know what? It's not, it's not what I'm drawn to do right now. <laughs> you, you have to be passionate. You have to feel a calling for getting up on that stage. Number two, you have to study. You have to have some insight that can move people, not from, you know, zero to a hundred, but from zero to one, just move them to the next step. And third, you have to be authentically yourself. And I will say this, I tell this to people off camera. Again, you're getting me to say things I haven't said on camera before Karthik, uh, but I'll tell people this. I am on stage the best I've ever been in my career speaking today. Why? Because it's not a speech for me anymore. It's not me talking or presenting to anybody anymore. What I have the opportunity to do, what I am blessed with right now, is I have met hundreds of individuals. I've hugged them on the We Supply America store. And I get to tell these stories that have impacted me and that I think can impact other people. And I think those are some of the secrets to presenting well. 
Thanks everyone for watching our episodes of the Driven Podcast. And if you have not watched all the episodes, just pick the ones you like the most. I definitely recommend that you check out a lot of these episodes because there's a lot you can learn from the wisdom of the guests. Deciding to do a podcast is easy, but executing takes a lot of effort and it can be done without a team. So definitely want to thank Catherine Sulkus, who runs the Driven by DC Cap podcast. She does all the coordination and just make sure everything is in order. So thank you, Kathy, for your leadership. And we also want to thank Sonia Coleman for helping coordinating with the guests, making sure we have the right guest on the Driven podcast. So thanks, Sonia, for your leadership as well. We can't do this without an amazing video production team. So thanks to Gautam Kumar for the awesome editing, making all of us look good. Even if we make mistakes, even if there are errors, you fix them and you make it all look good. So thank you, Gautam. Thanks, Adesh, for the shots. Thanks to our entire video production team and crew. Definitely want to thank our awesome guests. A podcast cannot be a podcast without the great guests we have. A big thanks to each and every guest on The Driven Show. It made a big difference to the entire season. Thanks to our awesome listeners. We got great feedback. It's very motivating. It also helps us do better. So thank you for the warm reception to Driven. And finally, if you have not subscribed to the Driven by DCK, Apple and Spotify, click the subscribe button. We are very excited that we had a great 2023 with awesome guests. Looking forward to 2024. We have a great lineup of guests. Very excited with 2024. Wishing you and your families a very happy holidays. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.